Breadbox Media Programming is brought to you by Jack Kane Ford. Find your next Ford Tough vehicle at KaneFord.com. Woodhill Community Center. Have a hand in the heart of the city. Support their mission with your donations at WoodhillCommunityCenter.org. Toyota in Nicholasville Superstore. Online consultants are standing by right now to help you find your next Toyota. Visit ToyotaOnNicholasville.com. Lexus of Lexington. Home of the best-selling Lexus IS. Find yours today at LexusOfLexington.com. Introducing the redesigned CatholicSingles.com, featuring new ways that put the spotlight on the person and their faith, not just a profile picture. For the past 20 years, faithful Catholics have used CatholicSingles.com, and the reimagined CatholicSingles.com website is ready to help single Catholics take the next step in sharing meaningful relationships with other faithful Catholics. Remember, CatholicSingles.com, for faith, fellowship, and love. Welcome to Connecting the Dots. I'm your host, Mark Shea, and we are here again, as we are here every podcast, to talk about life, the universe, and everything from a Catholic perspective. And today, uh, it is my very great honor to have on the show Mitzi Helmer. Hello, Mitzi Helmer. Hello, Mark. I was, uh, I, my uh, audience is not going to know who you are. Uh, and so I thought uh, we could start with an introduction here. I thought it was it was uh, important to have you on the show right now uh, because of what's uh, going on uh, nationally, particularly along our southern border. Could you talk a little bit about your background? Sure, and, and absolutely, I agree uh, that that we're we're facing a there, there's kind of an urgent humanitarian crisis going on at our southern border, and I, I was eager to speak about it. Yeah, uh, I'm an immigration attorney. I work in the Washington D.C. area for the past five years. I've been working mainly with uh, asylum seekers from Central America. It's okay. the, the majority of my of my caseload, uh, and has been. So basically, monstrous MS-13. Uh, uh, criminals who are all coming here to kill us. I haven't met any of those yet. <laughs> that's that's the excuse that's being used right now to justify just about everything that's being done. So, uh, um, um, so talk about uh, uh, this a, uh, a little bit. We're, we've been witnessing uh, for the past about two months, right? Uh, the uh, Trump administration inaugurated a policy of tearing families apart. Uh, well, yes, they, 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 they have. And I, um, it's, it's a little difficult to wrap your head around uh, just how horrendous this is and, and frankly, how unnecessary it is. But right. I'll kind of, I, can, I mean, I can kind of explain a little bit how this has been happening sure. or a little bit how this came to be. Okay. Uh, what, What's been happening, uh, since, you know, with with families that cross the border since since these families have been crossing, uh, especially since the surge mm -hmm. um, beginning, you know, several years ago, mm -hmm. is usually they're they're detained uh, and either 
you know, uh, deported almost immediately, or if they demonstrate that they have a credible fear of persecution in their home country, uh, they've, they're given the opportunity to apply for asylum. Right. And sometimes released under a bond or in the case of people with uh, with children, often just released because they the um, the Department of Homeland Security cannot detain children uh, for, you know, the, the months that it would take to adjudicate an asylum claim. Mm-hmm. And so they've they've <clears throat> been releasing these families, usually with uh, an ankle, an ankle bracelet. OK on, um, you know, the parents and orders to report regularly to ICE until they start appearing in court. Okay. And, you know, and then they're they're given the opportunity to present their asylum claim to an immigration judge. Okay. Now, what's, what's been happening lately is instead of, you know, continuing with that policy, which is you know, more humane, uh, right. but but does run the risk of a few people who might cut off their ankle bracelets and continue to live here right. um, under right. orders of removal. Uh, right. uh, the 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 administration seems to have just decided, well, if the the kids are why we can't keep these people uh, detained for the you know the duration of their asylum claim, then we'll just release the children and keep the parents detained or they're just separating the children and keeping them detained in other shelters until they can find places for them to go. And some of them are being placed in foster care. Okay. Uh, but not, a, I, as I understood uh, so far, what we've done is uh, we've taken about 2000 children from their parents uh, that's that's what the the department has has reported. Yes, two thousand children. Okay, and some of them are winding up, as John Kelly Kelly famously put it, uh, in foster care or whatever. <laughs> uh, yeah, wherever. Uh, I mean, that's that's where you know. I mean, that's that's right. Where I put where how I describe. You know, my child care arrangements, you know, yes. she just goes to summer camp or wherever, whoever, yeah. who knows? Yeah, who knows? And, and who really cares? Things. I mean, it's not even it's not even that important, really. Well, they're they're immigrants. Mark. Uh, exactly. That's that's exactly yeah. right. Yeah. I mean, Central so, American immigrants who are coming what, here. What's really. Oh, go ahead. What's really troubling um about this policy are our actions, our other actions that have been taken over the past few weeks um, against particularly Central American asylum seekers. Right. Um, so, you know, we're, we're not really getting the full picture, um, but over the last few months, Jeff Sessions has rewritten um, immigration law precedent in order to um, deny any immigration judge uh, review of these credible fear claims. So, you know, in the past, when when people came to the border and said, you know, I'm going to be killed if I'm sent back, I, I want to speak with an asylum officer, uh, and asi- the asylum office would interview them and then make a determination about whether these people had a, you know, the the <sighs> You know the outline of a of a claim for asylum that, if proven true in court, right, uh, 
you know, would, would give them a likelihood of winning asylum right. uh, or, or not. And right. people who, who were denied were sent back. Um, yeah. But however, they always had the right to, you know, if they were denied, they could always appeal and have their case sent over to an immigration judge where they would have another chance, have someone right. else to review that. Mm-hmm. Now, Jeff Sessions has rewritten the law to um, to keep them from being able to take their claim to an immigration judge if they're denied. And furthermore, just this week, he rewrote immigration law to say that um, people who basically most of the people coming from Central America are no longer eligible for asylum and should not even be allowed to apply. Wow. Um, so these children, 2000 children are being you know, separated from their parents, released into foster care or wherever. Mm-hmm. And most of their parents are probably going to be deported. And I, I don't know. <laughs> are they going to be reunited with their parents or? Well, I don't know how that's going to happen. Uh, yeah. I mean, these these children are probably also in deportation proceedings. Right. Uh, wherever they end up. And, you know, I suppose their guardians will have the choice about whether to pursue um, their, you know, independent immigration claims in the states wherever they end up right. or not. Uh, I, but, you know, I, I don't I don't know how this reunification is going to be handled. And I don't right. see any indication that the administration is taking responsibility for that. Well, the administration, is, the administration is, which is directly and 100% responsible for this policy, is claiming that Democrats are behind this policy, which is now Democrats crazy. are not behind this policy. Right, but, but and I want that's one of the things I want to clarify here is because uh, this is 100%. Uh, the uh, the responsibility of the Trump administration. They instituted this policy uh, of separating families, and and at the same time they are they are looking us straight in the eye. And Trump has repeatedly lied uh, that Democrats uh, are the creators of this policy, and it's all their fault. And it's a crazy situation because. Uh, we got about a third of the electorate who believes everything that Trump tells them. Uh, well, Donald Trump is a, is a is a serial abuser. He's a narcissist. Right. Uh, and he's he's continuing to hold, you know, the the most. This is a, this. In my opinion, this is a continuation of the the policy that he has he has pursued with with daca basically i'm going to deliberately endanger um the most sympathetic um immigrants uh and children right and hold them hostage until i can get funding for my stupid border wall that no one wants even though i have a majority republican congress so you know so this is what he's doing and now he's threatening these these children he's basically saying you know Build my wall or I'm going to shoot the puppy. Right. I mean, that's. Yeah. You know, why do you why do you hate puppies, Democrats? Right. Why? Why do you want me to kill the puppy? Right. Uh, that's that's what he's doing with these children. Right. Uh, it's it's horrendous. It's yeah. horrifying. Uh, yeah. And it, it, the fact that anyone could could justify this 
um, as, you know, enforcing our laws or, you know, anything is just a result of, of years of this dehumanizing rhetoric about immigrants and right. this criminalization of immigration. Um, and it's 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 horrible. It's, let, um, let me uh, there incredibly. And this is this is the thing that appalls me the most. The most passionate defenders of all of this filth are, demographically speaking, tend to be white, conservative, pro-life, that's how they identify themselves, uh, Christians. And the, the number one argument that they always make is, well, you know, we separate children from their parents when they're criminals and we send them to jail. So what's the difference? Uh, if you, you know, if you don't want to do the time, then don't do the crime. Uh, what's your response to that? Okay, well, we, we shouldn't be separating, um, you know, people who are not a threat from their children in the first place. Mass incarceration is one of the worst things that's happened to this country mm -hmm. um, over the last 20 years. And so, you know, furthermore, these, you know, these people who are coming here are not criminals. Right. This is a, a, a misdemeanor offense at best. Mm-hmm. And even then, I, I would argue that, you know, this, there should be some discretion here because these are people who are coming here, you know, often fleeing for their lives. I mean, you, you would right. not believe the stories that that people tell. And uh, um, I, don't, I don't understand how Christians are defending this. I, I think, as I told you before, um, you know, coming on, I, I mean, I. I fear hell right now um, because of how we're treating immigrants. I, I feel like I'm I'm complicit somehow, mm -hmm. and I'm I'm terrified, and I'm terrified for our country, and I'm I'm terrified of God's wrath. Mm -hmm. And I think the Bible is pretty clear about this. Uh, the the fire yeah. and brimstone is it, it's terrifying if you if you. Mm -hmm. if, if you really take a look at what the Bible really says and what Jesus really says. Right. You know, because Jesus is, I mean, you know, what, what Jesus in fact says is that he is the stranger. Uh, and he is the little kid that's being taken from uh, his mother's arms uh, at the border. And he, and he is the mother who is having that child, you know, ripped from her arms. Um, that is the meaning of the parable of the sheep and the goats. Um, yeah, and the you know the verdict at the end of the parable of the sheep and the goats for the goats is not a happy one. Uh, I think the words were, "I will cast you into hell," something like that. Uh, yeah, depart from me, um, you workers of iniquity, into the fire prepared for the the devil uh, and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me nothing to eat. I was a stranger and you did not take me in. Uh, that's absolutely that's what that verdict uh, is all about. And yes, I, I agree that um, uh, above all, you know, at least, you know, the unbeliever can say, I I've never even heard the parable of the sheep and the goats. I don't believe in Jesus. I don't care what he thinks, you know, and, you know, be judged according to those lights. Uh, but you know what? It's the unbelievers 
uh, or the people who self-identify as unbelievers who are the ones who are on the right side of this question and who are standing with the bishops and standing with uh, the Holy Father in opposing this. The people who are most fanatically in favor of this are the people who self-identify as the real Christians, the, you know, and the pro-life ones. Uh, and it's a scandal. Um, it, it's it's a scandal, and 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 Jesus also said that uh, we would we would be judged. I think that the the people who should know better would be judged more harshly than yes. the people who shouldn't. Yes, absolutely. Jesus so, warns those those to whom much is given, much will be required. Uh, the servant that does not know his master's will uh, and doesn't do it will be beaten with few blows, says Jesus. But the servant who knows his master's will and does not do it will be beaten with many blows. The the Pro-life Christians, the people who, as for example, Jeff Sessions just the other day was saying, well, this is this can all be justified by Romans 13, where Paul says, "Obey the state." Uh, well, <laughs> that's not all that Paul has to say about the state. You know, yes, Paul says, "Keep your nose clean." You know, stay in your own lane. Don't steal and don't you know don't disobey the civil law and you won't get in any trouble is paul's advice to the romans but paul knows perfectly well uh that it was after all the state that crucified jesus uh it's the state that ordered him and silas to be beaten and thrown in jail it was the state you know that killed the apostle james uh and ordered the beatings of the apostles so paul knows perfectly well that just because the state says it does not mean this is the will of God. Uh, and all of that is Jeff Sessions refuses to acknowledge. Well, and I don't think as Christians we're always obligated to obey the state when the Absolutely. state is, you know, I mean, is has perpetuated an unjust law. Yes. And, you know, what's Jeff Sessions' opinion about, you know, uh, Roe versus Wade. <laughs> about Roe versus Wade, or about Ober Obergefell. I mean, right, yeah. you know, what does he what does he think about Kim Davis refusing to issue marriage licenses to people who are constitutionally entitled to them? Yeah. Where, where, where does Jeff Sessions think about that? Does he think that they deserve to be, you know, locked up for for months while the, while their children are sent off to strangers and then sent back to right? You know, some war torn. Um, you know, one of the most violent places in the world while right. who knows what happens to their kids. Yes. It's the, the hypocrisy is astonishing. It, it is astounding. Uh, yeah. And so, um, you know, we're living now in this time uh, where, uh, you know, Augustine says that an unjust law is no law at all. And I think that, that this uh, act by the state, uh, not doesn't merely require us uh, to not approve. It requires us uh, to resist, that we are morally obligated to push back, not just uh, be silent. Uh, what can people do uh, to to push back? What, what I mean, if you're living near the border, you've got some options. I live in Washington state. I'm about as far away as you can get from our southern border um otherwise i would i would be down there i would be i would be protesting but it's just not feasible but what are other things that people can do to help 
Well, I, honestly, Mark, we're, we're working on certain things. I think um, I wish I had an easy answer for you. Mm -hmm. I, I think that trying to foster some of these children might I wish I was in a position to do so mm -hmm. uh, for responsible people to um, take these children in while they're you know, being separated from their parents would, would be a good step. Um, yeah. We need to resist. We need to resist this administration. Mm -hmm. There, there are organized protests going on uh, yeah. all over the country. Yeah. I honestly, I, I should, I, I should be in front of the white house right now. Um, well, you can do that once the podcast is over. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I had, I had some other things. <laughs> um, I, we need to speak out forcefully. We need to be calling our, our representatives. We yeah. need to say this is absolutely unacceptable. Yeah. Furthermore, you know, you guys need to pass a clean dream act and you need to pass whatever legislation you need to pass to keep this from happening. Right. Because and you need to pass it on their own. There is, there's no reason for, you know, to play along with, you know, his, his games. I mean, this right. is, this is, you know, government, mafia-style government. Right. It is. It's hostage-taking. And, you know, one of the things, of course, that we can do as lay people is get out and vote in November. And I Thank have, you. you know, I've I have made it clear. I, I have not voted for a Democrat since 1976, uh, you know, for president. But uh, this fall and for every succeeding election, I'm going to vote for every Democrat I can find on the national ticket uh, to because this party is complicit in this. They're, they're sort of tepidly, well, we might pass some kind of thing that maybe will stop this. Uh, but, you know, when Trump says, well, then I'll veto it, they're like, well, uh, then maybe we'll back off because we don't want to cause any trouble. You know, <laughs> it's outrageous. Um, the, the Republican Party has it's it's been poisoned and I, I don't think it can it can recover. I, nor I. No, I think it has to be destroyed. Um, it, it does. And uh, yeah, that, which is why, you know. Uh, I'm a I'm a supporter of the American Solidarity Party, which I will be voting for at the local level while it's building up its strength until it can show up on the national level. Um, but at, right at this point, um, anything uh, to stop the GOP, I think, is a step in the right direction because until someone can present present a viable alternative present a viable alternative until someone can uh, uh, exercise enough strength to stop the Trump administration the reality is this is never going to stop it's, uh, it, it won't I mean I, I have my, my congresswoman is, is Barbara Comstock and she's probably the most um, moderate uh, one of the more moderate Republicans in Congress. She has not said a word about this last I checked. No. In fact, she's played right along with this MS-13 criminals. Yeah. You know, that, that's all, all she's lies. had to say about immigration. Right. And, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm frightened of the MS-13 myself. I, I live in an area where they've been very active and where they've, they've engaged in some pretty horrific um, murders of children, right. of, of 
people who who could be my clients. Right. And it's a very scary thing. Um, But that's not what's driving this policy, though. That's not what's driving. Well, I mean, her, her, you know, racializing the MS-13 and and, you know, making making it seem like these are, you know, all immigrants is (laughs) is is part of why people, I think, are are able to be complicit here about this. You know, calling, you know, criminals immigrants. Um, Yeah. You know, Mark, I think we're 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 seeing. You know, it's been this way for a while, but we're 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 coming upon our, our, uh, you know, our Holocaust, I think. I I really I'm 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 horrified. I'm I'm Mm -hmm. terrified for for the future because these actions towards immigrants are are becoming increasingly sadistic. Yeah. And and they're being used, you know, they're being justified in, in much the same ways that, you know, the the sadistic actions against um Jews were were justified. Yeah. Um in Germany before the Holocaust. Yeah. You know, criminalizing all of them, you know, listing the crimes they've committed like the the Trump administration was initially engaging in. Right. Uh, um so yeah. I, I won't be voting for her. I don't I voted for her before, but I, I won't be voting for her again. And, no, you know, and I don't care which Democrat they run against her. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, for a very pro-choice Democrat this November, because quite frankly, the Republicans haven't done a whole lot to end abortion. And they've refunded Planned Parenthood six times. They refunded Planned Parenthood and they wouldn't pass a 20 week ban. Right. Um, no. When they had the chance, they don't yeah. care. No, what, personal- what else are they going to run on? Right. And, and, and this is why I don't, you know, when you, whenever you say oh, I'm going to vote for a Democrat, <gasps> abortion, that's, you know, that's the first thing that you hear. You are supporting abortion. Well, no, at this point, what I'm doing is I am, whether, the, whether you vote Republican or Democrat, you are voting for maintaining the status quo in abortion. That's the reality. Um, yes, the Republicans give uh, pro-life people a participation trophy called the Mexico City policy. Whoop-de-doo. Uh, and, and there's also some excellent lip service, Mark. Well, there is the lip service, you know, and yeah. that's that's what keeps pro-life people on board. But the mark of what I call the old pro-life movement is that it has now essentially been re- reduced to using the unborn as human shields to, in order to defend what it really cares about. And what it really cares about is Republican power no matter what. Uh, and so you get people who call themselves pro-life. I see this every single day. People who call themselves pro-life saying, I think it's fantastic that they're separating uh, you know, toddlers, four months old kids from their parents at the border. I think that's awesome because it shows those people who's boss well uh no you're not pro-life you are anti-abortion at best uh but that's all and you know at that at that point my real question then is okay if both parties are basically the same on abortion maintain the status quo what else are they talking about well what the gop is talking about is all kinds of sadism toward the least of these 
in addition to support for abortion. So vote Democrat, as far as I'm concerned. You're going to get the same thing on abortion, but you'll get something humane uh, in other areas. And uh, I, I couldn't agree with you more, Mark. And, and that's why I, you know, I'm also a big supporter of the of trying to build up the American Solidarity Party. Yes, I believe that, that the that the GOP, um, the, the coalition that they formed is 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 toxic. I, I don't think there's any coming back and they don't care about. I mean, they're they, they've they've played up racism um, to right. the point that now we've just elected a, a very open racist. Right. Or they're not. They just nominated a very open racist um, to run against Tim Kaine this November in Virginia, Corey yeah. Stewart. Yeah. I, I was desperate to try to find someone from the American Solidarity Party to uh, run for Senate um, this year when I when I first found out that Corey Stewart was going to be running because I said we can't. I, I cannot stand that the pro-life person on the, the you know the pro-life candidate is this open racist who. He's I mean, his sadism towards immigrants goes back a long time. He's the um, he's the chairman of the Prince William County Board of Supervisors where I live. And mm -hmm. he started um, these very anti-immigrant policies. Right. Gosh, probably 10 years ago now uh, yeah. where, where he's been, um, you know, pursuing immigrants and and anyone who, who gets arrested gets, you know, right. sent over to ICE. And he he's furious when they get released because, you know, I, I don't know what an illegal immigrant is, to be honest. Mm -hmm. um, the immigration law is is phenomenally complex. And um, I mean, I, I suppose someone with a removal order could be considered an illegal immigrant, but that's not most of the people here. And, and that this language is so dehumanizing that now, yes, we are at a point where babies are being ripped from their mother's arms mm -hmm. and, you know, sent off to live with strangers who, and, you know, may, may never recover from this kind of trauma. And yes, Christians are sitting back and saying, good. Yeah. Show those people who's boss, you know, you know, Mark, I, I work, I've worked with Central Americans for the, most of my clients are from Central America. And let me tell you something about, about these people. I mean, it, <laughs> They're the most guileless. I, I mean, I don't want to stereotype, but it's, you know, the, their culture is a real thing. And the, the culture, they're so honest and hardworking and just without any guile whatsoever. Yeah. Jeff Sessions, you know, he um, justified um, rewriting asylum law in order to exclude these people on the basis that you know, we've we've created some kind of incentive for for them to come here and and lie. Yeah. Um, so that they can get asylum. They don't lie. I mean, they don't lie. They're just <laughs> right. You know, and one of the things that goes unmentioned, you know, the the question that's virtually never asked, uh, particularly by the the uh, Christianist sadists who love the the torment that's being inflicted on these people is why are they coming? Because the journey is arduous, and it often costs them everything that they've got, uh, and they have to, you know, women on these on these journeys have to endure the danger of rape the whole time that they're coming, you know, and their children uh, have mm -hmm. to endure that. 
And you know, the question that's not asked is why are they coming? Why would they put themselves through this and not just stay home? Well, because home is hell. That's why they're coming. You know, they're in, they're afraid for their children's lives. Uh, and part of the reason that a lot of these uh, Central American states are the basket cases that they are today is because of our policies. The MS-13 and the 18th Street Gang started in Los Angeles. Yeah. Now, these are American street gangs that have taken over uh, Central America and turned it into a killing field. Yeah. Um, Yeah, people, people don't come here. Because they want to. People who who doesn't want to live with their families in in their home country. Of course. Yeah, a lot of these people they're from they're from small towns. Um, it's no one no one wants to go live among strangers. I mean, some people do. I, you know, we we have people who are willingly you know expatriates. Sure. Um, you know, it's a fun adventure, but no, most people do not put themselves through what these people have put themselves through um, for nothing. And, right. and and yes, they're the the stories are horrible. Yeah. Uh, Honduras had the highest murder rate um, in the world. Yeah. For a while, it was just beat out by Venezuela. And okay, get this, Mark. So, um, Venezuela is um, yeah, people are starving to death, and it ha- now has the highest murder rate in the world. Right. And the administration has started um, revoking everyone's tourist visas because of so many Venezuelans coming here on tourist visas and applying for asylum as soon as they get off the airplane. Sure. Which, okay, uh, yes, you're you're technically not supposed to use a tourist visa to come here and, um, you know, with the intention of applying for asylum. However, they're, they're, they're starving to death. Right. They're desperate. They're desperate. It's it's horrendous. So so now the administration is canceling their tourist visas. So they're they're so they're trapped in in Venezuela where um, I don't know what's going to happen to that country. But we had a lot of affluent, um, you know, very well educated um, people, you know, flooding us from that country. I mean, the kind of people that that I think we you know, we, we would want and. No, the administration is is cutting their ability to do that now yeah. for yeah. for no. I mean, it's it's sadistic. Yeah, and it's and it is it is very obviously you know driven by a racist agenda because that is Trump's base. Um, that is who he's appealing to. He plays to his base. He plays to his audience. Uh, and and you know I keep hearing people saying, when are people going to wake up and realize that? Trump is, you know, a racist and an authoritarian. And it's like they are awake. They see that. They like that. That's a feature, not a bug for these people. You know, when he starts talking about Kim Jong-un and how much he admires his strength, you know, people, normal people are horrified by this. But his base thinks that's fantastic. This is the strong man they've been looking for. He is going to, you know, as he said, Christianity will be powerful. You know, <laughs> president. these people think they're getting everything that they've always been hoping for. This is the man who's going to punish their enemies, and their enemies are brown. Um, yes, fascism. Yeah. 
And, and, and that's so, what they brought us. Yeah, so waiting for for his base to wake up, they're awake. They can see. They know what they've got. And they love that. They're really excited about that, you know. They looked um, at him because he promised to to declare a war on immigrants, and and he has. And he has done it. He, he's at war with immigrants. I, you know, and it's it's been hard, you know, just as someone who works in this in this area, it's it's almost been hard to to keep up with all of it because it, it's brutalizing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was at the 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 day that that um that travel ban came out mm-hmm. when they were detaining people at the airports, forcing them to sign over their green cards. Yeah. Um, and, you know, sending people with with student visas and, and tourist visas back home. Right. Uh, I, I mean, I was at Dulles Airport with my eight year old until three o'clock in the morning because I was horrified. And there were dozens of attorneys there with me. And, and they took to airports all over the country because um, it, it was just such a, a horrific um, abuse of uh, of the law and of, of due process. And. Yeah. And I'm afraid that that's happening again um, with with this uh, really this new Sessions ruling on asylum. Yeah. Uh, that came out earlier this week. He he has said that um, that these people don't he's these people don't don't even have a right to have their cases heard in the first place now. Right. And um, and and that was confirmed. You know, a lot of us didn't know what to do because this this case came out on Monday, and all of the immigration judges were with Jeff Sessions at some convention or training until Wednesday. And Wednesday, a bunch of us immigration attorneys went to court. Uh, you know, even though we didn't have cases that day, just because we wanted to hear what what was going to happen if we were still going to be able to, you know, help our clients at all. And it was confirmed that, that ICE is now trying to preterm it. Um, a lot, a lot of these claims from Central America. Yeah. So I, I don't know what's going to happen there. I, I, I guess we're going mm-hmm. to have to appeal um, straight to the fourth circuit because the, and, you know, I don't, I don't know what's, what's going to happen, but it, I mean, it is an assault on due process and the rule of law, and he's doing it to immigrants now. Um, but we continue down this path, and you know, all of us are going to be next. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's you know, it's like it's like they're getting smarter about being stupider. Um, you know, the, the the overall goal is insane, but they're figuring out how to do it better and better. Uh, and yeah, and, uh, you know, the, the, the only way, uh, you know, there's only two ways to get rid of a bad president. One is impeachment and the other is the 25th amendment. Uh, and, uh, as long as he remains president, he is going to, uh, continue to, to destroy. Uh, and of course, you know, immigration is just one arena in which he is destroying um he is he's he's committing havoc all over the place but none of that's going to change uh unless we get a different congress and it would take a massive defeat in november uh to move the needle toward sanity one can hope that that will happen but really what we're looking at is uh Perhaps, you know, if he loses in 2020, then that's over with. 
But if he doesn't lose, and there's a very good chance that he won't, because as long as the economy is good, people don't care. Um, but, uh, you know, if, if Congress can continue to be replaced with sane people, uh, then we might see some action. So we're probably looking at at least two elections. Uh, no, we need to. I mean, I can agree with you more. Vote for vote for Democrats in November. Yeah. Um, both for, you know, any House and Senate race, vote for the Democrat, because I don't. Mark, this has been 18 months of this administration. I mean, I feel like I've aged 10 years. Ah, yeah, I know. <laughs> and this is 18 months. We can't we can't wait until 2020. I, this, this, this cannot continue. Yeah. And we need a Congress that's going to fight back against him. Not one that's going to, um, you know, enable, you, you know, enable him. And so long as it suits their agenda and look the other way when he's committing these atrocities. Right. Well, um, you know, right now the Republican party has, well, with, uh, with Corey Stewart now, it's got at least nine white supremacists <laughs> running. <laughs> Uh, including one actual genuine armband wearing Nazi. Yep. In Illinois, you know, and people are like, "Wow, both parties are the same." No, really, no, they're, they're not. not. They're really not. There aren't <laughs> any Nazis or white supremacists running on the Democratic ticket, you know. And it's like, well, you know, there's no the Democrats difference. are perfect, but but I mean, come here's on. you know, Nazis. <laughs> Yeah, that's why we, we you know, I, I mean, I, I don't think the Democrats need to be destroyed. I like what what the, the, the Bernie Sanders folks are doing. Mm -hmm. And I think that that he is really working in a way to improve the Democratic Party. Right. Um, to kind of get it get it in a, in a better place. I um, and yeah. I, I support those those efforts. Well, he's an Eisenhower the, Republican. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that's what Bernie Sanders actually is, you know. Well, <laughs> So the Democratic Party needs to be be reformed, but uh, the 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 GOP, um, you know, and it's really frightening how how this racism though from I mean you know you talk about the Trump base being racist and and yes they 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 always were I mean mm -hmm. this was this was his promise when he first came out you know to to make war on immigrants and mm -hmm. people loved it yeah but it's it's being justified now by you know by by kind of more you know mainstream conservatives i mean i you know i read a, a an article in the national review today um that you know is normally i mean it, you know sometimes they have horrible articles but you know it sounded like kind of a pretty reasonable republican just calmly explaining why this policy of you know traumatizing and endangering these children uh was you know just um law enforcement and you know a consequence of you know keeping our borders safe and and this has happened i, th I believe this has happened to the pro-life movement for a long time i believe that the pro-life movement because they found a home in the republican party a lot of them uh, became you know spent so much time justifying you know the republican party on other fronts that were you know i mean the policies that have always been anti-family and anti-life that that so many pro-life activists have um, started to believe their own crap to put it you know frankly. oh sure yeah they'll they'll defend anything mm -hmm. um, and 
and so that's you know that's that's yeah been a you know that's a tragedy yeah there there are two patterns that that have been very striking to me one has been the realization a friend of mine today said remember when everybody was really worried about the federal government rounding people innocent people up and putting them in fema camps <laughs> you know that was that was going to happen for sure and then they were all going to get muslim sharia reeducation you know and it was this is all going to really happen and obama was going to take all of our guns um the weird thing is, is that every time these people accuse, it turns out to be a form of confession. What they're really to do, doing is projecting on their culture war enemies the things that they hope to do when they get power. And now they've got power. And what's happening? People are being innocent. People are being rounded up and put in camps. Children are being rounded up and put in camps. Mark, these people. Amazing. You know. Well, yeah, and they, they can't the you know, a lot of this this mass detention of the immigration community is also a function of the private prison um, right. uh yeah. lobby. I yeah. mean they, they the private prison um the private prison lobby uh, have been some of the people who've lobbied for these immigration crackdowns. Uh mm-hmm. I've I've had clients who were picked up for um, you know, uh, what was one of my clients was stopped for driving without a license in a state where immigrants can't get driver's licenses. And he was arrested for that. And he spent six months in detention. He was detained over in Farmville in Virginia mm. um, for a while. And then he was transferred down to the border um, to, you know, this this place we like to call the, you know, the Guantanamo of uh ISIS Guantanamo um, down in in Port Isabel, Texas. And he was down there for four months. And I had the an immigration judge um, reschedule his bond hearing three different times for almost no reason. And I I, I mean, that's that's one of the few times I've I've almost started yelling at a a judge Mm. said, why do you want to keep this man detained? Why? He is obviously harmless. He has no criminal record. He has three children in Virginia, and you keep finding ways to put off making a decision on whether he can have a bond or not. Right. Someone who was arrested for driving without a license, Mark. He was detained for six months. But this is the private prison industry. Right. I mean, they're they're making, you know, they're making millions off of this. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I think, really what's driving this. You know, a, a, a lot of Americans don't realize uh, that all the stories that, you know, we heard growing up uh, about Stalin's gulag, for example, you know, um, when I grew, when I was growing, I, I was I was a kid in the 60s and the 70s. And one of the things that I grew grew up with was we're we're the free country. We're not a prison state like Stalin's Russia was a prison state. We are now in the United States. We are the largest prison state on planet Earth. We dwarf Stalin's gulag. Yes, we do. Um, and we have invented the for-profit prison uh, which makes it financially beneficial to find any excuse to jail people. 
Uh, well, and they're they're doing it with immigrants right now. And and what did I say? They're they're starting with immigrants. They're gonna. We're next. Oh yeah, it's of course. You know, the you know the the profit motive doesn't have limits. Uh, and um, in in a you know rapidly dechristianizing de culture, you know we're we're not. As Chesterton says, when you get rid of the big laws, uh, you don't get freedom, and you don't even get anarchy. You get the small laws. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's, you know, that's what our drug laws have been. You know, they're the small laws. They're there so that we can find some excuse to put black and brown people behind bars, which they overwhelmingly disproportionately are. Um, Absolutely. But, you know, we're creating as well uh, a, a police system uh, that sees itself and is trained to see itself uh, as the warrior cop, uh, uh, you know, it's pr protecting uh, an oligarchy from a subject people rather than uh, a, the guardian cop uh, who is there to protect fellow citizens. Uh, and, you know, we, we, we're seeing that played out. A friend of mine watched uh, Trump addressing the NRA. A couple of weeks back, he went and gave some speech to the NRA. And in the course of the speech, what we've heard repeatedly, you know, the, the number one argument put forward by the NRA for why we need our insane, unrestricted gun regime is, uh, well, the Second Amendment was, uh, was ratified so that we would have the ability to fight back against tyranny. That's what the NRA is there for. It's to protect the common citizen so that he can fight back against tyranny when, you know, when a bunch of portly suburbanites from Dallas decide to go to war against the 101st Airborne. They can go get their dad's rifles and get out there and, you know, fight the invading government army that's coming to take away their freedom. And that was that was the standard uh, line of rhetoric especially when Obama, a brown guy, was president. Well, when Trump gave a, an address to the NRA, uh, one of the things that he said to thunderous applause was that he was going to be providing the police with military equipment. <laughs> because, you know, that oppressive government is not an issue now. Because the white racist is in charge, and that military equipment is, you know, the the white guys at the NRA are all like, yeah. <laughs> Suddenly, they're not afraid of the state anymore. You know, uh, Mark, I want to. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, the, this this happens, you, you know, because of Ferguson, because of sure. of these communities rising up, and and because of Black Lives Matter. So now we just need to give the the police, you know, military style equipment to to control them. The, the NRA has always been a tool of, of white supremacy. Sure it is. Um, so, you know, <laughs> of course. And, and this is in keeping with that. Yeah, yeah Mark, you know, something that, that shocked me, I, I went to a protest um, at the NRA headquarters uh, a few months ago. They actually have had them every on the 13th of every month since Sandy Hook. Um, there, wow. There's a protest outside of the NRA quarter headquarters. Okay. So I went right. to one. 
about two months ago. And what surprised me is the flag in front of the NRA headquarters, um, they were flying the, the thin blue line flag, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the one that supports, you know, police lives matter. Right. And it, it blew my mind because this, how, 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 <laughs> I don't understand how arming every Tom, Dick and Harry with a, you know, assault rifle is conducive to protecting the police. Yeah. In fact, we saw that um, with the shooting down in Florida, that the, mm-hmm. the police, you know, saw the, you know, heard the kind of gun this kid had on him and said, uh-huh. I'm not going in there. I'm not going in there. I Ollie, mean, Ollie you know, Trump was, is brave was... enough to run in there, but, uh, you know, no mere policewoman would do that. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, so I don't, but I mean, it, it just seemed like such a dishonest rhetoric, but, but the thing is, people who, but the the NRA is supports authoritarianism. I mean, that's sure. That's it's it was always, um, you know, I think it. My understanding of the history is that it, it was kind of the the legit um, Ku Klux Klan at first. And remember, the Ku Klux Klan was all about law and order. Right. Uh, and America first. When, when it started. Yeah. Yeah. Amer- and and the the NRA was kind of the legit Ku Klux Klan, and you know I think they did support legislation to keep um you know to keep um uh blacks from from having guns, to keep oh, black well, people from. There, there's an interesting uh, article that was written a, a few months back talking about uh, the NRA working in California in the '60s when uh, Black Panthers. We're saying yes, guns for all for all citizens, <laughs> and the NRA was well done. Not exactly, uh, you know, and not for Black Panthers or Black people. Uh, and this is, you know, this is the lesson we learned from Philando Castile's uh, uh, murder. This is a guy. He yes. was a, you know, fully legally compliant black guy uh, who was uh, murdered by a cop. You know, uh, and and the NRA said nothing. If mm-hmm. that guy had been white, you know, this would have been this would have been a, a huge Second Amendment, uh, you know, uh, uh, cause celeb. But because Philando Castile was black while carrying a gun with total legality, uh, uh, the NRA did not say a word. Uh, and. Uh, and that because the NRA, you know, knows their base. Uh, We've had so many instances of of black people, and I mean, who who was it? Um, the 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 child, Tamir um, Tamir Rice. Yeah. Wasn't he? He was the one who had a, a toy gun in in an open carry state. Yeah, a cop left um, out of the car and gunned him down. Yep. And he would stop to ask him, you know, what's going on. Mm-hmm. We've they have they've, they've never spoken out about this. Right. Um, right. I mean, Venere is a is a you know its its role has always been um, to enforce white supremacy. I mean, I know that's that sounds harsh, but I, this isn't an organization I care for at all. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, uh, you know the yeah the 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 drive behind it is that certainly is part of it it's all there's also just a, a mania f- for guns in this country but well yeah what the you know the dynamic that's behind it to you know to return to our 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 subject is that what we have in place now uh 
uh, is a racist regime uh, that has been playing all of the, you know, the, the man who just finished saluting the general of an enemy country uh, is the guy who calls peaceful black protesters sons of bitches. Uh, because they, because they're not patriotic enough, you know. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> you know, and that's what's driving this, and, and what's driving what's happening at the border right now. The reason that this sadistic, gratuitous, unnecessary policy has been inflicted is, as you point out, uh, because those kids are hostages. You know, uh, build by wall, uh, or the kid gets it. I'll, I'll be honest, Mark. I, I I do suspect that they're well. Like I've said, you know, at first I I'm I believe that you know he was holding the 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 kids with DACA hostage um, sure. for just this reason, and the federal court stopped him and they said no, you have to keep keep this program going. So he right. lost that hostage, so he took new ones. Right, exactly. That happened in March. That happened in March, and this policy was instituted the following month. Yep. Uh, You know, and people talk about this like this is some kind of age old necessity. Well, we just have to do this. No, you don't. You weren't doing this three months ago. Mm -hmm. You started this two months ago and you did it for a very specific reason to hold those kids hostage so you can get your stupid wall. Absolutely. Uh, (laughs) Absolutely. That's what's driving this. It is. It it is. And, And he. It. You know his 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 actions against him. I don't know what he's going to do next, but it seems like every every day is a new. Um, right. I mean, it's it's stuff I would have never thought of. I, I couldn't. My worst fear when he was elected is I thought, okay, he's going to end the Obama era policy of prosecutorial discretion, and that's too bad. <laughs> um, but no, no, boy, he, I mean, he has exceeded every. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a nightmare scenario, and it's becoming normalized in this country now. Well, and, and I, I don't know. Here's something for Catholics to think about. Um, I I write for uh, the Catholic Weekly. It's the the uh, diocesan paper in Sydney, Australia. Uh, Sydney, Australia is right now faced with a. This is a more of a of a lefty regime, but but uh, the the government in Australia has told the Catholic Church, uh, you have to break the seal of confession mm-hmm. and report uh, uh, anybody who is guilty of sexual abuse. Um, right now, we are beginning to see uh, the, the American bishops uh, and a, the, the, that part of the American Catholic Church, which, by the way, is a considerable part, uh, which is not white and conservative and quote-unquote pro-life, starting to develop some steel on this question of uh, kidnapping children and holding them hostage to Trump's wall. Um, mm-hmm. If you believe for one second that if uh, Trump thinks that he can uh, uh, use it as leverage, um, if, if you think that Trump would hesitate for one second to attack the seal of the confessional in this country, you're a fool. Uh, you're fine. And, and Catholics really have to realize that this man has no scruples 
uh, and anything that he thinks he can get away with that would be useful in uh, uh, attaining power, he will he will do that. Uh, so if he perceives the Catholic Church as a big enough threat, uh, he will he will absolutely attack the seal or any other way that he can mm-hmm. uh, to strike back at the church. And uh, uh, Catholics need to to realize that. Uh, and not be surprised ahead of time. People keep looking for a bottom uh, to this guy's moral actions. There's no bottom. Uh, there isn't. Uh, yeah. Well, and this is a real shame, Mark, because quite frankly, the president should feel threatened by Catholics and feel threatened by the Catholic Church. Yeah. Um, and and he he isn't. We're we're his allies. You know, we've got we've got Catholic organizations supporting him. We've got EWTN. Is uh, you know, I mean, they're like the the they're like Fox News. They're so biased. Right. Um, sure. And yeah, Catholics, I mean, he should fear Catholics. The, the, there's nothing about his policies that, that that a Catholic should should support. I mean, except for, OK, the, the Mexico City fine. You know, policy. You know, sure, I'll take the participation trophy. That's fine. It, you know, it is a participation trophy. But and, and he's not. And, and that's a real shame. And I don't know. I don't know how we how we fix that in our churches. I you know, and I see I'm not I'm not hearing a lot of sermons about this. Right. Now immigration though, you know, the Catholic Church has always been, you know, in this country, I think has always had a very consistent, you know, radical pro-immigrant message. Uh, because yeah. um, you know, anyone who's read the Bible uh, should right. legitimately fear hell for um yeah. for for speaking otherwise. Yeah, right. I mean, this this is the um he he they, they sh- he should fear the Catholic Church he should fear Catholics he should see us as a threat and he doesn't yeah and that that's something we all need to think about you know I read a really interesting article um the other day uh, that talked about the development of um kind of this this white evangelical morality and it basically said you know churches in the South uh, during the time of slavery, were, you know, kind of deflected away from the social justice message of the gospel mm-hmm. uh, because how how are you, you know, the slave owners didn't want to hear it uh, by <laughs> by focusing on, um, you know, kind of kind of you know other issues, sexual sins or, um. Yeah, kind of the beginning of this culture war thing, I suppose, and 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 that was really enlightening. So even even that, even these, yeah. you know, this this kind of the focus of the Catholic Church on, um, you know, things like you know baking cakes for gay weddings and that sort of thing, you know, started as a, as a function of white supremacy. I mean, it. So, well, one of the things that. Uh, I, I think the the core mistake that happened. I I'm old enough to remember the beginnings of the pro life movement. Um, so back in the 70s, uh, one of the early conflicts that the pro life movement uh, had uh, was what to call itself. 
critics of the pro-life movement said, ah, you're just anti-abortion. That's all you care about. And so the reason the pro-life movement wound up being called the pro-life movement was precisely to counter that, was to say, no, we, uh, you know, we are pro-life. We believe in the sanctity of human life from conception to natural death. They were getting their theology from the Catholic Church, of course, uh, and evangelicals, a lot of people are surprised to learn this, initially didn't care about abortion. Uh, so when Roe v. Wade uh, was was adjudicated, evangelicals said, eh, whatever, that's, that's one of those Catholic things. They care about that stuff. Uh, we don't because we care about the gospel. And then it was the work of a, an evangelical uh, theologian named Francis Schaeffer, uh, Frankie Schaeffer's dad, who really got evangelicals to realize that this was a serious problem. Uh, and at the same time, the Republican Party realized this is a wedge issue. We can use this. Uh, and so the Republican Party became the, the, the pro-life party, as just as Democrats were lining up and realigning uh, to become the pro-choice party. And what happened was that in the early 80s, uh, the the church articulated in, in 1983, uh, the church had already articulated uh, for popular consumption a consistent life ethic, uh, which it called the seamless garment. And that was shouted down by Republicans. Yes. Uh, and and the way it was shouted down was by pitting the unborn against all these other issues that the church also spoke on. Absolutely. Uh, so, you know, wh what is more important, you know, human life or some trivial, you know, idea about uh, a living wage. Well, clearly the unborn is what matters. And that's where you get in the early 2000s, you get not a magisterial document, uh, but a pamphlet that was released from Catholic Answers called the Five Non-Negotiables, which millions of Catholics still think is this is the magisterial teaching of the church. No, it's not. It's a pamphlet that was released by Catholic Answers. Yes. Uh, and what happened was uh, the Five Non-Negotiables singled out five issues as the most important issues. Issues that benefited Republicans. And issues that benefited Republicans, and they morphed from being the most important issues, which you can make an argument for, to being the only issues that matter. Mm-hmm. Uh, Absolutely. And, and in fact, uh, if you stand up for issues that are identified as liberals, so opposition to the war in Iraq, uh, uh, opposition to torture, uh, opposition to capital punishment, uh, a living wage, uh, and now uh, uh, the treatment of children on the border. Well, that so then you're a liberal, and that means you must support abortion, and so you're the enemy, and so we don't have to listen to you. Uh, and as a result, you now have a church where you know I, I was I was told today <laughs> by a reader that uh, because I was critical of you know, uh, Trump for his border policy and, uh, you know, his admiration for authoritarian thugs and all the rest of it. Well, then, you know, probably it's because I'm secretly gay. 
Wait, what? Yeah, you must be. What? Oh the logic goodness. is right there, uh, and and that's the kind of thinking that we're that we're stuck with, and you know what has to happen is Catholics must, for God's sake, they have to start thinking about. Uh, how we conduct ourselves, not in the light of, will this help liberals, but in the light of, does this comport with the gospel? If it does, then it doesn't matter if it helps liberals. Uh, what matters is the teaching of the gospel. Well, and you know, the, it uh, always surprises me when I when I see how vicious um, certain Catholics get about the seamless garment idea. And and it's because they're scared, of, you know, they know it, that, that it would hurt Republicans. They're terrified. Right. Um, because, you know, Republicans have their lock as the pro-life party. Right. This is why, I mean, this is why the, this is why I think the American Solidarity Party project is, is so important. Yes, it I is. I think that it, 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 it did start as kind of a way, my understanding was the idea was try to bring together these, you know, the so-called social justice Catholics and, you know, pro-life Catholics, bring them yeah. home together under one political roof so that um you know so and and it's you know it's been it's been an interesting project i think i think yeah. there's still a lot of deprogramming that needs right. to happen right. um, with catholics who who have been you know so aligned with the republicans um and you know to some extent with 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 catholics who tend to vote democrat because they you know we've also um, kind of started to believe our own justifications about things, I think. I, I think that I, I know many who, you know, would argue that, um, you know, we shouldn't have making abortion illegal as a goal. Mm -hmm. um, because, but that's because they've been justifying, you know, voting for Democrats all these, all these years. So right. they've started right. to believe it. Right. Yeah. And, you know, uh, it is why it's so important to have a consistent life ethic. Uh, mm -hmm. And it, it, the, the irony of the consistent life ethic is that it's only hard to understand if you're thinking in terms of, you know, whose political ox is getting gored. Well, we can't help Republicans. We can't help Democrats. Um, if you just forget all about that and just memorize the very simple idea that we believe in the sanctity of human life from conception to natural death, that's like... <laughs> That's not even hard to get, you know. It's just like super easy to understand, you know. Uh, and and come at things from that perspective, then everything falls into place. Yes, we should do everything that we can uh, to minimize and, where possible, outlaw abortion. Uh, and we should not let the unborn be used as human shields to rationalize and defend you know, cruelty to a host of other human beings who, who suffer from the misfortune of having already been born. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And it, it, it shouldn't be, it's, it's, it, it's a divide that, that, that hopefully we can heal. I know you've worked very hard on this and you've, you've suffered for it. Um, well, but you've kind of been a, a pretty heroic defender of, of kind of bridging this, well, this gap. God be praised. I, it's it's what needs to be done. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, um, yeah, the, so you know, in, in terms of, we're running out of time here. But in terms of wrapping things up, uh, uh, as far as the border goes, um, 
we can work for change in the law, and that's going to mean changes in the lawmakers uh, this November. Uh, what else can we do? What can we do to help the kids at the at the border, the kids who are already trapped in this system? Well, there are organizations that are trying to help. Um, I, I, you know what? I will send you a a a list when we get off the. Once we finish up here, I'll send you a list of of various organizations that are working to help. We also need to just be mobilizing in our in our communities and say enough. This has to end. We we won't tolerate this. Fantastic. It, it worked when you know. And here's another shame. I mean, one of the big organizations that that I think has already filed suit is the ACLU. Yeah. Um, which uh, you know, of course, most most Catholics won't support. Um, right. but they're also the organization that stopped the travel ban. Right. Um, but when they're we, right. We they're need, right. You know. They are. I mean, uh, we we need. We need to be mobilizing. We need to be calling our, our congressmen now and with, with outrage and say enough. This, yeah. this, this is where we draw the line. You, you need to draw a line in the sand here. Yeah. And you need to stop, you, you know, stop using kids as leverage for your own pet projects and stop being complicit when the president does it. Yeah. Pass a clean dream act. Yeah. And pass legislation to stop this. I don't, you know, quite frankly, though, it, we don't need legislation to stop this. We we need the, but I don't think there's any stopping Jeff Sessions or, or Trump. Their, their, their hatred for immigrants just knows no bounds. Right. And, and so I guess we do need Congress to rein them in. Um, but w- yeah, I mean, contact your, your call, call your Congress person. Uh, attend local events. Uh, there, there are some coming up, and I'll, I'll email you a link where you can kind of get plugged, or I'll send you over a link to get plugged into some of these. Right, and I will post that when I post this interview on my blog. Fantastic. Okay. All right. Well, Mitzi Helmer, I want to thank you so much for being on the show today. You've been listening to Connecting the Dots. Uh, I'm your host, Mark Shea, and we will be back again next time to talk more about life, the universe, and everything from a Catholic perspective. Until then, have a great week. Bye. Redbox Media Programming is brought to you by... We want to help others, especially in places of strife, such as the Holy Land, where Christianity is dwindling by the day. But how to help? Here's an easy way. Buying products through the Holy Land gift shop. Every product you purchase at myfranciscan.org shop helps Christians support their families and stay in the Holy Land. Olive wood, embroidery, spices, and many more authentic products from the Holy Land are available right now at myfranciscan.org shop. The Holy Land Gift Shop, bringing the Holy Land home. Thank you for listening to Breadbox Media. Find more about us at breadboxmedia.com.